You are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the Green Gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and today I want to talk about one of the most underrated offenses in the NFL, and that offense is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Rodgers and company have been spoken down to all offseason. It's been Rodgers isn't good enough anymore. It's been these weapons are worthless. This passing attack is going to be terrible. I can't believe they didn't draft a receiver. Packers are going to struggle again this year. And I'm, I'm kind of sick of it. The rest of the media may think the Packers are without weapons, but that just isn't true. Uh, that's just lazy people not diving in and getting a look, a full look at how talented this roster really is. Uh, so let's jump in to why this offense is better than most would ever realize. Starting with looking back on 2019, according to DVOA, so defense adjusted value above average, basically uh, ranking how good your offense is against um, the typical defense because you could have your offense could have just played bad defenses all year. So the Packers ranked ninth on offense last year in 2019. And according to PFF, they ranked 10th overall. Um, and this is with the offense that totally struggled last year. This is the offense that looked terrible at times last year. And yet they were ninth and 10th overall, according to the two of the biggest evaluators out there. Uh, this offense had the fourth highest red zone touchdown rate in 2019 at 65%. And all of this happened in the first year of Matt LaFleur's offense. Think about what will happen when Rodgers finds himself comfortable in the offense. Uh, time we've heard this over the offseason that Rodgers wasn't comfortable last year. And you saw that in timing. You saw that in misplays. You saw that in mistakes with everybody on this offense. Think about a year going into that where like <laughs> the these players, this team is going to be comfortable. And you've seen that this offseason. You've seen how crisp this offense looks this year. And exciting. And it's very exciting to think about how dynamic this offense can be when everyone will be on the same page here in 2020. So I said a whole podcast on this, but Aaron Rodgers is still easily a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'd argue a top five quarterback. Rodgers is in his second year of the system. He's going to be very good. He's figured out the play action. He's made changes to his game after looking back on film, and he's throwing the ball with deadly precision. And so there's no problems with Rodgers. So let's start by looking at the receivers for this passing attack and diving into those. So you can't start talking about the Packers receivers without talking about Devontae Adams. So Adams is arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. Adams is the best route runner in the game and knows how to create separation unlike any other receiver in the NFL, except maybe Keenan Allen. Just 12% of Devontae Adams' targets over the past two seasons have been contested, the lowest rate of any outside receiver. And that's not because Rodgers isn't throwing Adams the ball. That's because Adams is so good as a route runner and throwing off defensive backs and creating separation on his own so fast. In the last two seasons, Adams was the ninth best overall player, according to PFF grade, among all offensive players. And among all receivers, he was first in PFF grade in the red zone as he has the highest red zone receiving grade since 2018 at 90.8. He was the first in PFF grade on third and fourth down. So just clutch, efficient, plays best player at the right time. And he was ranked 38th on the 2020 PFF top 50 players in the NFL. So Adams was the highest graded player uh, in the entire NFC North, offensive player in the entire NFC North last season at 88.0. Not many people can stop Adams. And I think that'll stay the same this year and expect Adams to have a much bigger year 
if he can stay healthy, as Adams was affected by that toe injury for some time after returning last year, and it just affected his ability to get open like he usually could. And he still had an amazing year, but not as good as it would have been if he was healthy. So now moving on to the backup receivers to the Packers. Many in the media think very poorly of our backup receivers, which makes sense. You know, EQ was hurt all of last season. Alan Lazard is a former undrafted free agent. And MVS fell short of expectations last year. And Tyler Irvin is a former running back. But let's really look at each of these guys and see how they fit in this puzzle. Starting with Alan Lazard. In 2019, he only had 35 catches for 477 yards. But that was only playing about half the season. He had a 72.2 PFF grade, which is pretty good, and has built some serious rapport with Rodgers. Rodgers loves him and wants to keep throwing the ball his way. Lazard is 6'5", one of the tallest receivers in the league, and isn't just tall, but he goes after the football, allowing Rodgers to throw it to the open space, and Lazard goes and gets it. Lazard's 2019 tape shows that he's smart versus zone, he creates space with technique, and he's ready to be the receiver too in this offense. All of camp, Lazard has continued following up his 2019 campaign with big catch and big plays, beating players like Jair Alexander, Kevin King, and one-on-ones as a route runner, not just with his size. And Rodgers continues to speak highly of him and continues to have very, and Lazard just continues to have these very sure hands catching every ball thrown his way. Uh, He even had this one-handed pass uh, or catch from Rodgers in traffic that was just incredible. Like, Lazard dropped only two out of 52 passes thrown his way in 2019, and Rodgers had 115.6 passer rating when targeting uh, Alan Lazard compared to just 99.1 when throwing to Devonta Adams. He was one of only nine qualified NFL players to average at least 13 yards per catch while pulling in at least 67% of the passes thrown his way. He was at his best in crunch time for the Packers, and he was clutch on third downs producing the fourth highest passer rating of 143.3 among receivers when targeted on third down last season. So, uh, and last but not least, Lazard is a great number two receiver in this offense because of his ability to block in the running game. Uh, this isn't the biggest deal in the world, but it's important. Lazard had a 82.0 overall run blocking grade, which was the fourth in the NFL among all receivers. His hustle, his willingness to block, created a lot of big plays in the running game last season for the Packers that took Aaron Jones 15 yard runs into Aaron Jones 40 yard runs because there was one guy left and Lazard was on him and Aaron Jones just got to keep running then he does what he's supposed to do he's in at the right time and because the Packers love to run the ball as much as they love to throw the ball you're going to see Lazard in the game a majority of the game every single week next MVS. So Mark Quez Valdez-Scantling was supposed to be the deep threat the Packers always needed since Jordan Nelson. And last year, it seemed as if MVS just didn't come through. But let me tell you the real story, the full story. MVS injured his ankle in the middle of last season. Before his injury, in the first six weeks of the season, MVS was on pace for a 48-catch, 754-yard season, which would have been great. That would have been awesome. But if you count week seven even, when his ankle just started bothering him, it would have been a 46-catch, 957-yard season for MVS, which would have been huge, averaging over 20 yards per catch. Injuries happen, and MVS injury held him back the rest of the year. He tried to play on it, but it really slowed him down, and it really just took away a lot of his speed and his focus. If MVS can stay healthy, expect big things from him, playing primarily on the outside, being the constant deep threat the Packers need to keep attention away from Devontae Adams. 
what we've seen from MVS in camp so far has been a receiver who has developed from just not just being a one trick pony that goes deep, but being able to use his speed to trick defenders into getting open on all the other areas of the field. MVS has continued to make big plays down the field and Rodgers and others have been impressed. The receivers coach said MVS has had the best practices since being a coach here over the last year and a half. Some of the plays MVS had in camp reminded the media of Jordy Nelson, which is a huge claim to make. But if MVS can really live up to his potential and can stay healthy, it just may be true. Next, let's look at EQ or Equinemius St. Brown. He missed all of last season, season, which was very sad after a promising rookie season where he was the only rookie receiver to go without a drop and looked great all over the field, both in the slot and on the outside towards the end of the season. Gutekunst stated he's 6'5 and is one of the tallest receivers in the NFL. We are really bullish on him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. And the floor added uh, just about how long he is and having a great catch radius and just his overall speed is very impressive. Throughout camp, EQ has pretty much picked up where he left off, winning routes easily at times, making big plays down the field, and he's just really flashed as a route runner, whether it's on the inside or the outside. He's very intelligent as well. He knows the playbook inside and out. Uh, and that's really impressed Matt LaFleur, just how much he knows. I really like what EQ brings as a guy who's ready to play on either the inside or the outside as the fourth guy on this roster, and after, and you might see some crazy development from him after being out all of last year over the midst of the season as he continues to grow, as he continues to get healthy, as he continues to get more reps with Aaron Rodgers. And the final receiver I want to talk about is Tyler Irvin. So Irvin may still be listed as a running back for the Packers, but he practiced and ran with receivers all of camp. Last year, the Packers picked up Irvin as a return specialist, but then found just how shifty he was and immediately immediately found ways to get him plugged in into the offense. And they just desire to get him the ball. Um, this desire to get him the ball since 2019 has only grown over the offseason. For the very first walkthrough, uh, Tyler Irvin lined up with the starters on offense and has gotten a lot of reps working with Rodgers and has shown has just shown up as a receiver down the field making plays after the catch. If we go back to Tyler Irvin's grades, which was all the way back in 2015, he did have the eighth highest receiving grade among running backs that season. He had zero drops on 46 catchable passes, uh, which was the second highest mark among all running backs that year. And he has consistently just been used as a receiver for the Packers. Um, saw that in college. You saw that. You see that now. The Packers have a significant role for Irvin this season planned, and that's evident just by how much they've gotten him involved in the offense throughout training camp. And it's going to be exciting because once he gets the ball in his hands, he's hard to take down. Look for him to get the ball on more jet sweeps, wide receiver screens, quick crossing routes. I really like that Irvin is our specialist in those categories, and I like what he can add to this receiving core. So what I love about this receiving core is that they all do something really well. Adams is the best route runner in the NFL. Lazard is clutch on third down and uses his size to make plays in traffic. MBS has the straight line speed and is developing more. EQ can do a little bit of everything. He has the size, the speed, the catch radius, route running. Irvin is the quick shifty receiver who can make a lot of plays after the catch. So yeah, they might not be the most well-known group in the NFL, but I do expect them to be significantly better than most think they will be next season or this season. Uh, especially as they grown, as they're young players moving on from year two to year three, a lot of them. And now let's move on to this tight end group. As the Packers open up team periods, they actually started in 12 personnel, 
with Robert Tanyan, Mercedes Lewis, Lazard, and Adams, and Aaron Jones. So Rodgers went on to say in an interview after that, he thinks the that they're going to see a lot of more 12 personnel this year just based on the talent we have at that position, referring to the tight ends. This is not a knock on the talent on the rest of the roster. This is Rodgers letting the NFL know that he really thinks highly of the tight ends on this roster, even though most would argue that it might be the weakest position group on the Packers roster. So let's look at these tight ends. Starting with longtime veteran Mercedes Lewis. In 2019, Lewis was basically a sixth offensive lineman on the field. He was the seventh highest graded run blocking tight end in 2019. And if you go back two years, he was the best run blocking tight end in the NFL in 2018. Lewis loves playing for Green Bay because he's still valuable in this offense on first and second downs because of his ability to be a factor in the running game. Lewis doesn't look like he's getting older and he's still able to dominate in the running game running game while still being competent as a pass catcher. I won't say good, but he is competent. Um, Lewis in no way is dynamic, but he makes it hard for opposing defenses in the running game, which is his role. And he's okay with that. And he costs basically nothing for the Packers. Next is Robert Tanyan. So Robert Tanyan came out as the starter to begin training camp in the 12 personnel. In 2019, Tanyan had a core muscle surgery uh, or injury that bothered him all year that really slowed him down and hurt his ability to really play all year, um, really be able to play fast and really be able to condition and strength uh, strength train. And he might as well have gotten surgery and just went on the IR, IR but he put off his surgery to to the end of the season and now that he's had that surgery and he's come back to camp he looks better than ever he's had big catches throughout camp he's ready to turn the corner after last year's injury riddled season LaFleur said he's absolutely in the mix for the starting 10 end spot he's worked extremely hard this offseason he's in great shape shape if you didn't know he's worked out for two straight years with George Kittle just picking up a lot from him Tanyan has looked more like a tight end after his transition from receiver to tight end just a few years ago and still has the that great ability as a pass catcher looking great in one-on-ones and has gotten a lot of work with the ones throughout camp. So I'm excited to see Robert what Robert Tanyan can do. We've seen the athletic plays he can put together like we saw in Dallas up the sideline when Rodgers was on the run like we saw um, uh, early in the year when Tanyan had that big like 60-yard touchdown catch. Um, I'm excited for Tanyan as a pass catcher, and now he's actually starting to look more like a tight end while still maintaining that speed and that history as a wide receiver in college. And then next, we'll look at Jay Sternberger. In 2019, Sternberger was setting himself up to be a big part of the offense until an illegal hit in camp got him injured and put on the IR for most of the season. But when Sternberger came back, he immediately got involved in the offense as an H-back. Surprisingly enough, after his dominant college as career as a receiver, he wasn't known for his blocking skills. Sternberger's development in his blocking skills have really just shown the growth he's had overall after, like I said, being primarily used as a receiver in college where he averaged 17.3 yards per catch in 2018, and he led all SEC tight ends in first down catches in all of college football and touchdowns in 2018. So Sternberger has been getting open, making plays, breaking tackles throughout camp, and I think he's ready to grow into a role this season where he's going to be fighting for those first-team passing reps from Robert Tanyan. Next, and the last tight end, is third-round pick Josiah DeGuara from the 2020 NFL Draft. And our first true pass-catching threat in the draft, we hoped we'd see more, and we haven't. 
from him, but most rookie tight ends aren't usually ready to contribute in their first seasons. Deguara has looked good as a receiving threat at times and has brought in the versatility of playing H-back as well as tight end, and even just the versatility he's shown from playing on the outside as well. Um, Deguara's future and his best play, his best role might be in the red zone for the Packers. In the final two years of college, Deguara was the second highest graded tight end in all of college football in the red zone with an elite 92.2 overall grade. Look for Deguara to be used in the red zone primarily for the Packers. So this isn't the strongest tight end group in the NFL, but I'm hopeful for how they help propel this passing offense going forward. There are a lot of young players and they are going to grow. There's things going to happen this year. They might make mistakes, but um, knowing they are the same weapons as last year, pretty much, there's only growth to be had from them. Developing and understanding LaFleur's system is going to help. And I am looking forward to, especially since Rodgers is looking forward to, this tight end group. And now let's move on to the rushing attack for the Packers. The running back position may be one of the best positions for the Packers as they have three studs at the running back position who all will make a huge difference in this Packers team. But before we can talk about these running backs, we need to talk about the offensive line. Uh, The Packers had the sixth best run blocking unit in 2019, according to PFF. The offensive line has been shown to be a much higher factor in deciding how good your rushing attack is than your actual running backs, actually. The Packers have one of the best offensive lines again in 2020, top 10 for sure, maybe even top five, with returning starters David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley. And now starting at right guard is Lane Taylor, who missed most of 2019, who's looked fantastic in camp. And I totally believe is a huge upgrade over uh, Billy Turner, former right guard. And the other starter is going to be Rick Wagner at right tackle or possibly Billy Turner at right tackle. But I don't expect the rushing attack to get worse at all in 2020. And if they can stay healthy, they should be able to keep Rodgers protected all season as well. Now moving on to these running backs, starting with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones in 2019 was the second highest graded player on the Packers offense. He ranked number 56 out of the NFL top 100 players. Aaron Jones had the fifth highest PFF grade among all running backs last season. And as good as our offensive line is, Aaron Jones created a lot of his own yards by having 750 out of his 1,078 yards being after being hit by defenders last year. He broke 43 tackles on the ground. He had eight broken tackles in the air on his 50 catches. Not only is Aaron Jones effective in the running game, but he's one of the only three running backs that have a 70-plus receiving grade when lined up on the outside in 2019 just behind Austin Eckler. Aaron Jones is special as a runner, and they have had him working more with receivers so that he can be even more effective as a route runner and a pass catcher in 2020. Next is Jamal Williams. What Williams has done best for the Packers is that he might be the best third down running back in all of the NFL. And I'm not even kidding. The He led all running backs with a 20, 129.9 passer rate, rating when targeted in 2019. He has the fifth highest passer rating when targeted among all running backs since 2017. Not only that, but Williams has been the best pass blocking running back in the NFL the last two seasons and can protect Rodgers unlike anybody else. But Williams has developed into more than just a third down running back. Aaron Rodgers was quoted saying that he thinks Jamal Williams has made the biggest leap as he's been extremely explosive in the running game as well. And if that is true, it'll be almost impossible for opposing defenses to stop this one-two punch in Jones and Williams in 2020. And then finally, we have A.J. Dillon, the man, the myth, the legend. 
AJ Dillon is the biggest, strongest running back I have ever seen. And I'm sure you've seen pictures, but at six feet tall, 250 pounds, he is Eddie Lacy 2.0. AJ Dillon is an exciting player and I think could play a big role in this offense in 2020. Linebackers can't go low on him because they can't even wrap their arms around his lower body and no one wants to take him on on his top half because he will run through you. Uh, Dylan's strength is unmatchable, and if he can translate that to the football field, opposing defenses won't know how to stop the Packers in 2020. A.J. Dillon was the second highest graded running back in college in 2019 with an elite 91.3 grade. He had the fifth most forced tackles or forced missed tackles and had the sixth most yards after contact. A.J. Dillon is fast for his size as well, running a 4.53, which is ridiculous for how big he is. I'm excited to see how A.J. Dillon gets involved in this offense and the impact he has in 2020. And these running backs won't just have an impact in the running game. LaFleur's offense wants to get these guys involved in the passing attack. Rodgers' numbers in 2019, he had career highs in completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns when targeting running backs. These guys help propel not only this rushing offense, but the passing passing offense as well. With these running backs and this offensive line, the Packers will be able to set up the play-action pass even better this year, and the Packers will have the offense they dreamed they would get in 2019. So overall prediction, predictions for this offense in 2020, I have big expectations for them. Last year, they were already a top 10 offense, and this year, I think they'll do it again. I think it's going to look even more crisp, less mistakes, and the Packers are going to average at least 25 points per game and be a top five scoring offense in the NFL. So, well, that's all we have today, folks. Stay tuned for more episodes. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review to hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Sound so they can get all the latest updates on the Green Gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.